Ready, set, go. Welcome back, conscious viewers. This is the Conscious Experience. And again, this is uh, day two, part two of a three-part segment. Um, so the previous episode, we kind of went over uh, the generalities of the, the financial world, kind of the history, the origins. And then we had our very own guest, uh, Romello, kind of explain from his point of view of uh, just different interesting aspects of the financial world. So please tune in before you listen into this segment. Tune into the first one so you can get a better perspective or know-how of what we're speaking about now. And I did say guess, but he's not a guest anymore. He's like a family of the podcast now, a friend of the podcast now. So <laughs> my dog Romello is in the building and my co-host, as always, B-Lap Brian is in the building as well. Yes, sir. My dog has uh, got promoted from an intern to, you know, saying, a full-time <laughs> position, it sounds like. The <laughs> 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 Oh, man. So we have a lot of good information um, to spill today. Uh, but part two is more specific towards uh, asset classes. And we're, we're going to get into uh, the, the four asset classes that the rich use. And then we're also going to talk. Uh, we're going to bring up conversation and uh, bring up points where of how the rich stay rich and how to make better decisions and and to gain financial wealth, all that good stuff. So, to begin this, um, Romello, please explain the four asset classes uh, the rich uses. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, man. First, first segment, man, we talked about the basics of financial literacy, uh, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, what it takes to be successful in life. Uh, but now we're about to get into the, the micro view version of it. Basically, if you took the red pull of the matrix, you're about to go down the rabbit hole. So let's begin. So the four asset classes, uh, what makes the rich rich is obviously real estate, commodities. That would be your oil, gas, um, businesses. Right. So if you invest into a business and then lastly, uh, derivatives, so that's your equities market. So what what makes a rich risk is because they invest in these four asset classes. I like to consider these the foundational asset classes, because, as you know, there's a fifth asset class that's uh, really about to boom and really about to go up. And, you know, you, know, you boys know what I'm talking about. Uh, but there's actually a couple other asset classes uh, that the rich use as well. So. Uh, and I'll talk about those right now, and then we'll dive into the main foundation ones. So the first one is luxury watches, right? So Kevin O'Leary, uh, who's an avid fan of collecting watches, he collects these watches because they actually hold a high-value dollar amount because this was called a luxury asset class. So his uh, uh, watches carry substantial value, and he actually puts the red bands on for a reason, right, to increase the value of it and also to make it that nice look. <laughs> So those watches like the Arnold Sun watches, the uh, Pierre Augamont watches, those watches he has a collection of. So like as they appreciate in value, you know, he can sell those and make, you know, $100,000 easily because those are how much those watches cost. The second one is luxury cars. I'm sure you know guys who drive a lot of Ferraris and Lamborghinis who also uh, sell cars as well. So the good thing about luxury cars is it's the appreciation factor, right? The appreciation factors uh, around they actually steeps off around 30% versus if you you know buy a Toyota Corolla right now, right? 
I think a Toyota Corolla costs like fifteen thousand dollars. If you drive it off a lot, you're automatically probably using losing three or four thousand dollars just by taking it off a lot because those vehicles don't hold most depreciation value. And you can look on the internet right now, and, you know, type in a Porsche, and you see that a Porsche still costs you about I don't know one hundred thirty, one hundred forty thousand dollars, and the original value may have been one hundred eighty, one hundred ninety. So you know, by the time you trade that Toyota Corolla in, you know, you can get a trade-in value of two thousand. Maybe two thousand, three thousand bucks, and we've seen that before. You know, we traded in cars. Say, hey, how much can I get for this? And the guy looks at you, say, I can give you a thousand for this. And we're like, well, I just put you know X amount of money plus interest into this, and I'm only getting thousand dollars back. Versus if you had like a Lamborghini or Ferrari 420s Spider, and you know you, you traded in, and like, I want to get for this, so I'll give you one hundred forty thousand dollars for it. All right, cool. So those are really the subsectors of the asset classes, and um, you know. If people are interested, I definitely recommend looking into that because that's just another way of making money. Um, but back to the four asset classes, right? So the ones I'm in, which I enjoy, um, is obviously the equities market. Makes sense. And then also um, venturing to the real estate, you know, doing my research in there. I like real estate and I'll talk about real estate and why I like real estate. But the rich people are focused on what's called uh, the velocity of money. How fast can I put my money in and how fast can I take my money out, right? Because they're always looking for the next deal. So if you look, if you ever watch an episode of Shark Tank and Damon John said it, said it perfectly, right? He said, you know, why would I, I need to invest into your business and I need to figure out why I need to invest in your business. And, you know, I need to know if I invest this money in, how soon can I get my money back, right? Because, you know, when people put up these crazy valuations and the valuations are, are, are not even close to what the sharks evaluated, they're like, well, it's going to take me 30 years to get my money back, right? Because they're always looking for the next deal. They want to get in, help the business, make a, a profit, get out and deploy the money into the uh, to the next deal. Because, you know, I don't want my, I don't want to work for money. I want the money to work for me. So. That's why um, the velocity of money happens with rich, right? Another thing is what makes the rich rich is that they don't show that they're rich on paper, right? They always show that they're broke. They don't own anything. Um, they're just completely just broke, right? And so the way they set it up is obviously entities, right? Creating corporations, creating businesses, right? So if you're funneling money through a business, you from a personal perspective – Shows you're only making about you know thirty four thousand dollars right in taxable income that you report, but really you're making millions of dollars that you put towards the business and through all the tax deductions that you get. So I kind of led into the business asset class, which is really reason why businesses are very good as an asset class is because you know you can create corporations, you can create entities, and have that loophole of money. So let's take a step back and realize uh, the tax code, right? You know, right now, and we can talk about this, you know, we see, you know, the, the political the lectures are coming up. And we hear the same old song, right? You know, universal base income, taxing Wall Street, you know, taxing these big businesses, breaking up the big businesses because, you know, the average taxpayer is paying 40 to 50, even 60 percent taxes, student loan debt, credit card debt, while, you know, Amazon is making 18 million dollars tax free. Right. <clears throat> That's the discussion right now. It's a socialistic mindset. The, the reason – the thing is people don't realize is the tax code, when it was originally founded by the founding fathers, was – it was a political move. It was never a social move, and that's what people fail to realize because a lot of pe people don't realize is that the founding fathers, they were businessmen themselves. 
Yes, they owned slaves. Yes, they owned plantations, but they were businesses. I mean, the, the famous saying, no taxation without representation, um, still rings to this day. It's because for that reason. Why would I pay taxes to somebody who I have no idea who this person is? I've never seen them in my entire life, and they live on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. So when they create this tax code, the tax code is meant to help businesses grow. It's helped to make individual entrepreneurs grow. Because if you look at the tax code, you'll get a you'll get a deduction for creating new jobs. You'll get a tax break for creating real estate, housing, which is the second asset class. You'll get a, a tax break for, you know, drilling into oil and gas, which is a third asset class. You'll get money if you know you'll get a tax break if you invest into other businesses. So you can as you can see, the tax code is meant for you to to be successful. But if you do not do what the government tells you to do, you'll get punished, right? So if you're an employee and you just have, you know, you maybe invest into a 401k or IRA and you contribute to that, you'll get a very minimal tax deduction. And then you'll take the standard deduction, but you'll most likely still owe some type of money or you'll get a very substantial minimal amount of refund, maybe 607 bucks. But if you're in a big, if you're in a business or a big business, right, you can deduct depreciation, uh, the, the um, you know, servicing of debt, amortization, um, you can deduct the payroll expenses because, you know, you had to pay your employees, the health benefits. There's so many deductions. I'm not saying I'm a CPA, not yet, but um, these are just so many things that, you know, you can deduct if you were on the other side of the quadrant, which we talked about um, the first uh, segment. Um, and Trezzy, I don't know if you have any questions. So if not, we can just keep going. Well, let me, I can interject uh, for one of those. Just to piggyback off of what you said, you know, basically, you know, summed up in a lot less words is what you're saying is that taxes are really incentives, not punishment. Correct. And it's really more about the perspective of the individual, because technically, you know, based off of what you said, you know, you would want to be a provider, right? A person that employs people, provides housing, you know, is making a difference. You know what I'm saying? in their community and society but the mindset that most people have is oh man uncle sam's in my pocket again this and that and it's more of like not even an intentional greed but it's just like hey my employer should pay me this much money you know they should pay me more but it's you know or um you know it's kind of like a take 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 instead of a give 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 which kind of what the tax is actually incentivized when you actually take a look at them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And again, I implore people to read their history throughout this podcast and throughout any other podcast, history is always involved because things that have already happened. They just reoccur. Right. So, and, and, you know, that, that's, that comes due to, you know, own personal ignorance and, and not doing your research and not doing your homework and figure out, you know, why things are instead of just going through emotions, the two things, right. Fear and greed, um, and really understanding why things the way they are. Once you start to think why things are, you'll start to understand, okay, this is the reason why, and what can I do to be successful for me and my family? So looking at the history, remember I told you that the American Revolution was never a social revolution. It was a political revolution, right? No taxation without representation. However, if you look over on the Atlantic Ocean, France, we all know about the French Revolution. I mean, it was the bloodiest revolution ever, right? People, all the aristocrats, the rich, they were getting their heads cut off for a reason, right? It's because of the middle class, the bourgeoisie. As they're called, the and, bourgeoisie. Yeah, <laughs> and and the 
and the and the poor people they rose against against the aristocracy and King Louis the Fifteenth I believe or the Eighteenth um, and decapitated the rich. That's why they have what's called the social contract, right? The rights of man, you know, having you know these these rights, and then it later formed into what we know as France today, right? Fifty percent, sixty percent taxes. Right goes to the government because of the social benefits, the healthcare system. Uh, what thirty, what thirty-four hour work weeks? Right, you'll get like an hour and a half lunch. You'll get like you know, uh, maternity leave for X amount of months. All these you know social benefits. But what people really don't see is France is broke. Right, all the millionaires are leaving France to go invest in their money to someone else because their taxes too high. That's the downfall of having too high of a taxes, right? People like investing into countries that, you know, have low corporate tax rates and seek opportunity. But if you look everywhere in the countries, right, look at all the countries that went capitalism or were low taxes, I will just use low taxes. Look what happened. Look at Vietnam. Vietnam is becoming the number one producer in, in goods, right? China is no longer going to be doing that. India. Uh, China, right? Remember, China was a communist, uh, communist nation for years, and then when they opened up their doors, they ended up being number one in GDP growth and number exporters. We saw that over the past ten years. Look at Cuba. Cuba finally opened up its doors. Look, you have tourism, or you did have tourism. You have, you know, all these businesses starting to invest into their own businesses and to make it uh, to make it happen. However, if you start to have higher taxes, what happens? Rich people leave, and then the economy goes down. So. That's really what the tax code is for. It's an incentive, right? Incentives to you what the government wants. So I already talked about big businesses. I talked about commodities, right? You'll get a tax rate if you drill into oil and gas, and I know, you know, with with fracking and, and you know the climate change deal. Um, but and then of course equities, right? So you know the options market, the you know the the futures market, the equities market, the forex market, right? You know, you put your money into there, you do your research, you make your profit, you're good to go. This as simple as I can get. Now, one of the topics I like to talk about is real estate. And again, I'll use history because history is very important. So does anyone, I'm asking you guys, does anyone know what real estate means? Now that you mention it, I mean, I just know, I mean, you're talking about like the two words, like real estate, why are they next to each other? Yeah, like, like what's the, what's, well, let me rephrase this question. Uh, in your own words, what does real estate mean? And then, what, what, where do you think more, the word? I'm sorry. Where do you think the word real estate came from? And then, where do you think the word mortgage came from? <clears throat> ah, okay. Well, I know the word um, mortgage means uh, till death. Correct. So, mortgage means it's French for mortier, which means to your death. Think about it. What do you What do you usually get with your mortgage? A thirty year loan. Guess how long mm-hmm. it takes you to pay off until you're 65 and about to die? Mortgage. <laughs> Mortgage. There it is. <laughs> uh, now, do you know what real estate comes from? Um, that's a good question. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking that real estate it means um like you your possession. So. Real estate comes from the Spanish royal estate. So when the Spanish were conquering, they had all these what you know haciendas. So these haciendas were their real estate, the royal estates, right? You know, you had all the noble noble women, noble men of Spain living in these haciendas, or they would visit the governors who who looked over Mexico and California. Um, and then, of course, you know, you had the uh, 
you know, you had, you, you had the slaves working the, the haciendas and the plantations. So that's where that work comes from. In real estate, of course, uh, and if you think about it, look at back at the medieval ages, right? Real estate was very important, right? The, the lords of the land, in turn, right, for protecting the king, they were granted parcels of land. The parcels of land, which we know as real estate, was given to the lords. Say, okay, hey, protect me. I'll give you some acres of my, of my kingdom. Okay, cool. But who's going to work the land, right? I don't want to work the land. My job is to protect uh, the king. Okay, let me hire some people to work this land, to live off this land. They, I'll, I'll feed them, but the, a third of the portion will go to me and my tribute to the king. We call those people, you know, peasants, serfs, whatever you want to call it. But really, they're, they're, the, they're the tenants, right? They're the people who live on the land, and instead of, you know, because they didn't have currency like we do back then, they would give up a portion of the, the harvest, and then that, that was their rent. So you can see the foundations of real estate go back into, into the medieval ages where people lived on the land. They paid them some type of, of, of monetary value, and then, you know, that was their rent, and they lived on it, and that was that. And they had a landlord, hence called the Lord. So the land of the Lord. This makes sense. So all these terms is it, derived from some type of history that, that we fail to, to uh, distract from. So another thing why real estate is great is because of the four things, right? So the first thing is cash flow. The second thing is appreciation, which we know, right? The value of the property going up. The third one is called amortization. Right, so amortization would be like the servicing of debt, paying off the utilities, right? Because you could deduct that, um, and depreciation, which is the fourth one. So you know, real estate it goes up in value. You sell it, you get a nice profit. Amortization, you pay you, you pay off the servicing of the debt, or you pay off the utilities. That's a tax break. Cash flow, of course, you rent it out, you get a monthly steady income, right? That's why real estate's great. But keep in mind, it is a liquid. The fourth thing is what's called phantom income. Depreciation, depreciation is what is called phantom income because this is why it's phantom. Phantom it means it's a ghost, right? It's not real. Depreciation is not really a real value, right? I can't, I can't withdraw two hundred depreciation dollars, but the depreciation I'm allowed to do, uh, deduct that from my income, thus lowering my taxable income. This is why the rich get rich. It's because it's more depreciation. If you're wondering why Amazon made eighteen million dollars. I'm 99% sure it has to do with depreciation because depreciation, especially with the new tax laws, and lo and behold, who who is the president right now? Trump, right? What was Trump before the president? He was a real estate man. So it would make sense that when he revised the tax code, he changed how much depreciation you can get. Hence why we have um, depreciation, which I actually just did a, a paper on. Treasury Decision 9874, Section 163K states talk that I can him. talk to him, you know. I can deduct 100% bonus depreciation within the first year of service of the property or, or, or whatever equipment, right? So I can deduct that from my, from my income, and I'm automatically making money. That's what feel people to realize. Once you start to depreciate something, it's phantom income. It goes, it goes deducts it from the, prop, the value of the property. It goes into your taxable income, and then you end up getting a nice fat refund, and you can do what you want with it. So those are really wow. the four asset classes. That's what real estate is. That's why – if you ask every rich person, they have some type of real estate in their portfolio for that reason. Now, you know, you have companies called Fundrise, uh, Diversify, I believe I, I saw something on that, that you can invest into these REITs and stuff. But, of course, that's just to get cash flow, right? It's not necessarily your, 
manage the property and getting these additional tax benefits, you're just really getting cash flow. But of course, you know, do your homework and then make that investment decision. So any thoughts? Let me ask you a question because I have a lot of friends um, and they're obviously all, all in their early 20s. But th- when they talk about real estate and then get into real estate, it, it's not really investment. It's more being it's like them saying, you know, I'm going to get in real estate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn some type of income. But they're in they're end up being like agents, like real estate agents. You know, right. what's the right way to go about that? Is it to be an agent or is it or is it to take your own money and, and invest um, into property that you feel will be lucrative? So when you become a real estate agent, you, ha- you still have to say, take some type of exam. You still have to say, t- take some type of course, right? So it has some type of credibility. But the problem is, which I see it too, because you know, a lot of people I know, everyone wants to become a real estate agent right now, right? Because the economy is booming, booming, right? So that's a problem. Because you're limited to selling, right? You're essentially trying to sell property to a person, most likely an investor, and then you'll get a commission off of that, and you move on to the next deal. But what happens when the economy is not doing so well, right? Now you're scrambling around to get sales and and clients while the investor has been building up these properties. And now, because the economy went down, he's going to go to you now saying, hey – um, I like this property. This property was $100,000, right? Now it's only, you know, it's half, right? Because the economy, ha- the recession happened in that particular country. Instead of you making an 8% off the 100000 guess what happens? You make an 8% off the 50000 So the investor won at the end of the day. I caution you being, people being a real estate agent, right? Yes, you get to know the properties. Yes, you get to know the layouts. Sure, right? That's good, right? You want to do your homework on it, but you have to continue your education, right? If you're going to be a real estate agent, which, you know, Ryan Serhart, which, you know, he's on uh, Bravo, he's on YouTube, and, he, and he's a fantastic real estate guy, um, you can be an agent. But at the same time, you want to start building your business, you know, what's called mind your own business. This is what that means. You know, while you're selling, keeping your day job, selling, you know, homes and properties and everything, you want to continue your real estate portfolio because you already have access to this. Might as well start investing to your own properties, start building it. You know, finding deals, finding people who are willing to put up money with you and start getting cash flow on the back end. There's always two sides to a coin in case people don't know, and I stand on the edge. So as a real estate investor, you got to do the homework. It's like with anything, right? Anything that that requires money and and time, you have to put the homework in, right? Um, So when you become a real estate investor, you got to find ways to put up money, right? It's called other people's money. That's why debt, that's why you don't pay taxes on debt, right? Because, you know, because we're we're in a debt borrowing nation, as you see with our national debt, right? That's why interest are so low. I can keep borrowing money. I can borrow millions of dollars of money in real estate, have someone else pay for it as a tenant, and then I get a cash flow return. You see why real estate's so great? I love it. <laughs> awesome. Anything, B? Uh, nah, man. I feel like that was very shit. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it. I I I just hear it all the time. Um, all my friends, they're like, I'm getting into real estate, and they're real estate agents. And w- what actually happens is when they're doing the continued education stuff, they get burnt out. <laughs> and, in, in, and instead of like following through with their actual plans of getting into real estate, they get caught up with the whole agent act and, and they don't even pan out being an agent. So it, that's, that's just something I was very curious about 
is there like a better way or a better route to um, look at it and, and to integrate yourself? But you're saying once you get into it, begin to invest on your own time, right? Yeah, I mean, it goes to the fundamental mind your own business. Like, you know, because with the, the, the problem with the real real stage is, you know, you, you got to sell to eat. I mean, yeah. if you don't sell, you don't eat. Hence why there's a thing called broker because they're broken than you. So if you're, if you're just hoping and praying that you'll get a client or, you know, you're just starting out, you, you got to learn how to sell. Right. So which I actually I recommend people getting into sales right for the first job. Right. Because there's a couple of things of why selling uh, helps. And I'll get to that until later. But, you know, knowing the inside of real estate. Right. And then, you know, answer clients calls all day, 24 seven, coming home, you're burnt out, like you said, but you got to do your homework, right? Staying up into the wee hours in the night, doing your homework, start building portfolios, start getting venture capitalists in or, or people to help you fund your deals and to get and to give their money back because you're going to be stolen what's called the left side of the quadrant, right? A real estate agent is, is in the S column, right? Self-employed, right? They, they have a, you know, a contract, um, you know, they, they have to file their own taxes, they have to withdraw their own because they're self-employed, they're contractors essentially. So you need to get on the, the right side of the quadrant. The right side of the quadrant, if I would, like, let me put it this way, if I was a real estate agent right now, here's what I would do. And this is just my opinion. For me to get to the right side of the quadrant, this is what I need to do. Of course, I need to sew, right? I need to eat, right? I don't like, I, I like ramen, but I don't like ramen that much. So I need to sell, I need to keep selling. By the same time, I need to do more work on my properties. I find a property that I like, right? I look over, you know, 30 properties. I get down to two. I like one. Okay, I buy one. And I buy more property. I, buy, I borrow more debt because interest rates are so low. Sure enough, I have about three or four properties that, you know, I have cash flow coming in and I have a property manager looking over those. Now I'm getting over to the right side of the quadrant, the I column, the investor column. Or I can start with me and I bring Therese, I bring Brian onto the team, right? And then we start selling, right? You know, I'm the guy, you know, you get a commission, you get a commission, I get a commission. We start bringing in more people in. Well, now we have a team, big business. Now I have what's called, you know, the, the Regus team, right? Where, you know, I have four or five agents going out into the city of Jacksonville or, you know, Texas or Fort Lauderdale and, and looking, at, looking at deals for me. They get a commission, I get a commission. We're all happy at, at the end of the day. So just because you're in an employee position doesn't mean you can't expand your empire, right? A janitor, let's take a janitor, right? Janitor doesn't make that much in some cases, but he can start a janitorial business. He can hire other people to go out to schools and other restaurants and clean, and he's the business owner. Or he can invest into other janitorial companies. Once you start to expand your financial vocabulary and your financial mind and start looking at the two sides of the coin and standing on the edge of the coin, You'll see just you'll see start to see the opportunities uh, that unfold in front of you. Um, that brings up a good point as well. Um, that that also brings up why I uh, why I like trading, um, for example, because um, you make money, you know, whenever you want, but also you're not dictated by anything. You know what I mean? Like in a lot of professions or in a lot of high um, paying positions or opportunities. You're kind of at the will of somebody else's opinion. You know what I mean? Whereas right. when you have a skill, you know, a skill, nobody can take that away from you. A skill, you know, you could be a dickhead, you could be whatever you want. But if you are good at something, somebody will always need to pay for your, you know, for your time or what you can do. You know what I mean? And so um, 
you know, that's that's pretty big is what like that's pretty big. Like that's what stands alone. I mean, if you you know, going back to your janitor um example, if you are a good ass janitor, you know what I'm saying? Like for example, you could be a janitor, you know, at, you know, Bob's barbershop. Right. You know, but you could be a fucking janitor at the Ritz Carlton. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's levels to it. You know what I'm saying? And if you're right. good enough to be a janitor at the Ritz Carlton, you could teach people. You know what I'm saying? You could open up a, a janitorial business and impl- have you know janitors from your business go out and be you know either teach people how to you know uh, train them to be a good janitor, or you could have them you know be a janitor for luxury hotels, things like that. But now you have a business that you know. You're just a janitor, but you know you probably make hundreds of thousands. Right, absolutely, and and actually, really, to to piggyback off of your point, you know, and this is when I start. This is now I'm going to talk about selling. So selling is key, right? We do selling every minute of the hour, right? I sold you on the idea to bring me on this podcast. I sold you on the idea to say, hey, this is what we need to do because I feel like it's making an impact, and here we are, right? You know, you know, if you're in a relationship, right, you, you have to sell yourself to the girl you want to date because say, hey, I'm a better guy than the rest of these guys. And here's why. Right. Not necessarily saying ABC, but you show your actions. Right. So mm-hmm. as you can see, we're selling 24 seven constantly. If you don't know how to sell, you're not going to survive. As Mark Cuban says, sales cures all. Right. So and back to your skills thing, skills make you rich, not theories. Just keep that in mind. And so, you know, let, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fucking great janitor and I, I'm so well that a couple people start to notice, hey, man, I see what you're doing, man. You're doing good work. You now have about 10 seconds to make a, a very good first impression and possibly be a potential client. Every opportunity is for you to, to sell and to make a deal, right? So let's just say this janitor does well, right? And he gets approached. And he says, okay, um, all right, hey, this is my same, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, he gets a deal, right? He gets a client that he has. Now he has like three or four more clients that he sold the idea is, hey, you should hire me for my services. Now he has four clients that he's working with on top of him working at the Ritz-Carlton. You see how that works? So, you know, having, having that selling mindset, and, you know, when I started, my very first job, well, actually second job, you know, was working at a bank, right? I had to sell. Right. I had to sell financial products in order to make money. That's what happened. I learned how to sell. I got comfortable and I also got comfortable with rejection. Right. And that's where a lot of people will fall short. Right. When you're real estate and or anything. Right. You're going to be rejected. You're going to fail. You're going to be rejected. How you overcome that rejection. That's up to you. And that's on you. Right. If, you, if you're able to overcome rejection, you can sell fucking pens, pens to people. Sell me this pen. Right. So, yeah, that was my thoughts on that. <laughs> Um, well, shit, you know, piggybacking off of that as well. Oh, man. To, <laughs> on that playing ping pong, we just back and forth. But going off of that, I mean, even with sales or it's really just you're selling certainty and you're selling a passion. Right. So whoever's more certain about what they're talking about or whoever's more passionate about what they're talking about will always win, whether it's in a debate, an argument or just projecting an idea, you know, as far as selling. So if I'm, you know, if somebody, it don't take long to know somebody knows what they're talking about or not, or is confident. 
and those things people can pick up on. And so, you know, for example, uh, I guess going back to the janitor, you know, it also, you know, you make an impression, an impression sticks, you know what I'm saying? An impression or a reputation, you know, those things, you know, it takes a while to, to get, but it, you can lose them really quick. And so, for example, if, you know, the janitor, <clears throat> he was, when the opportunity arose for him to get that first client, right? They see him was like, hey, man, I like your work. They're trying to just read them, see them. Imagine, you know, he was just, I don't know, he just only knew three words or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, right. that would leave him in a position to get taken advantage of. Yeah. So in that space, you know, when you're working hard or working a skill, you know, you see a lot of people get exploited, right, that are good at something. And so when you're developing your skill, it's massively important to also develop your mind as well. You know what I mean? Like you'll see a lot of athletes as well um, that, you know, kind of just that. I mean, I see it more now that like more athletes like LeBron are more articulate and things like that. But back in the day, you know what I mean? People would just be like, oh, yeah, I just want to run fast and play football or, you know, whatever, whatever. And that would leave them in a in a, in a a position to get taken advantage of. But now it's like once you understand your worth, you know, the ball is in your court. You know what I'm saying? You make the decision. You can tell people how much you're worth for your time. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And to, uh, to go to piggyback off of that, double piggyback. Um, I, so like that was a great, that was a great point that you put up, especially when it comes to like athletes. And I, I feel like when you have a skill, when you discover your skill, it's important to build, um, a brand around that. If, if that's, if that's the route you want to go. So, so it doesn't get taken advantage of. So no one else sees like your skill and, t- and, and they, they, they come to you with their idea and they, and they build their own brand, you know? So, and, and so with that, I, I think for me, um, and, and listen to you guys talk about the whole financial piece. It's for me, I, I'm doing, I'm doing jujitsu, but not only that, I'm also creating a blog on the side and I'm, I'm also thinking about like what what type of gear I want to do, like what type of fight brand gear do I want to like create and 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 also profit off of that. So I think whatever skill that you develop is very important to to, to I, I guess does it make sense to like brand brand off of it? Yeah, I mean, put it like yeah. this, bro. We you know, at a certain point, we all or I can't say we all, but. If you if you're a fucking king, bro, you're a king. You know what I'm saying? You gotta act as such. And so with being a king, we don't duel for nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you you do it for your last name. You know what I mean? And if exactly. your talent is this or that, you know you got to do it for you know your people, your loved ones, and your last name. We're not just gonna do some shit just to make somebody else's pockets fat. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not gonna you know move in the direction just because somebody pointed. You know what I'm saying? You kind of have your your uh, your own direction, your own destiny, and your own ability to decide such as a human being. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, you know, think about it, right? So probably the most successful entrepreneurs in the, in the game, the basketball game, uh, besides from Shaq, because Shaq's like everywhere. Um, and, and two that are just like, if you really think about it, Kobe and LeBron. 
Like these dudes, like a lot of people don't know. Um, these guys are they, they're fucking they, they got their mind shit because they realize that basketball is not going to be there for me forever. So I need to figure out the next chapter of my life. I need to start deploying this money because you know that statistic over seventy percent of NBA players go broke within like the first five years after they come on the league, and it's around the same statistic as football players too. So you know. If you have like 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 LeBron, right, for instance, right, he has his own supplement company, Ladder, right, with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a couple other people. He owns an interest in Liverpool, the soccer team. He owns a couple of Blaze Pizzas. Um, he has a couple of things I, I forget. Kobe's the same way. Kobe owns Body Armor. Yeah, and Body it, Armor. That's a huge sports drink. Huge sports right. drink. And I, I I do enjoy it. Like when I fucking start to feel like a shit, I I, I take it. <laughs> And I feel good. Um, you know, body armor and then there's a couple other ones I think he has interest in. But, you know, he actually he made a good point. Right. He said he just waits. He just waits for the opportunity. He does his homework. And then when the opportunity is right, he strikes. Um, so that's why he's called the black mama. But you know, <laughs> I was about to say that low key. Yeah. Makes sense now. Look at that. But uh, yeah, man, it's just it's just those examples, man. You, you just gotta start thinking the long term of the game. What's the long term of the game? How can I create wealth preservation, right? And goes back, and this is what the rich do. This is what the rich thinks. People think, and here's, here's another myth buster um, that I'm gonna absolutely destroy, right? A lot of people think rich people, you know, inherited their, you know, their money. That's not the case, dude. I think it's only maybe four to five percent of families that actually have inheritance right generational wealth majority of these people actually had to start it off like us start off as an employee working at mcdonald's working at starbucks working wherever and they work their way up they build a business and that was that a lot of these people come from immigrant families you know the, the you know the first generation going to college and everything they built their own brand that's the misconception a lot of people have is think oh well these rich people they, they can't relate to us like dude a lot of them can't relate to us dude because they this is they had to start somewhere right um all those sharks that you see on a shark tank, they were never rich. You, you can look up the stories. They all started out. They built a business. I think all of them really built a business. And then now they're, now they're rich. So that was just a little myth buster I had to take care of. Yeah, and I, I think the reason for that myth is really just, you know, people trying to downplay success, you know, to make yeah. themselves feel bigger so they don't feel like they have to shrink. You know what I mean? Because yeah, haters have their purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at the same time, I mean, it's easy to write somebody off like to make you feel better. Oh, yeah. You know, the family was already rich. They just you know, that's daddy's money. That's mommy's money. This and that. And, and you see that with athleticism as well. Oh, or somebody as good as something, they'd be like, oh, well, he's just naturally talented. He, You know, he doesn't have to work as hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead I mean, yeah, it, it, just, it just sounds like excuses. And at the end of the day, excuses are tools of incompetence used to build monuments of nothingness. I mean, Ooh. yeah, my dog, <laughs> hey, that's the, uh, yeah, came out of my dog. That's that, that's that Brady quote. Okay. <laughs> my dog was waiting to say that. All um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I had it queued up. Nah. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it is, though. At, at the end of the day, it's, it's excuses. And that's one thing that I'm learning. Um, as as I'm getting older and as I'm progressing, th- there's so many people. Um, if if you don't watch out, there's there, there can be so many people that are just in your life that that make these excuses. And you can begin to accept those as well and live life like that. So that that's just an important point, um, just to kind of point out. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, man. So I don't know if you guys are good on that, but uh, I'm going to move on, actually, to talk about. Uh, so we talked about four asset classes. We talked about the four, right? We talked about why real estate is such a great investment to get into and, you know, the ups and downs and knowing what to how to build your business. Um, so really, I think second most important to you other than, you know, building your business, building your, your trading or whatever you want to do, right, is leadership and teamwork. This is very important. And I actually really have a high level of emphasis and I'm, I'm really a hard ass when it comes to this because there's a reason why. Leadership is an ever changing process. It's an art and science, as we know, as, uh, you know, the father of scientific management would say, and I forget his name now, but it's an art and a science, right? But it's also an ever-changing process that we undergo in order to accomplish something. Because how you do your relationship style to one person is going to be completely different to another person, right? You can't be uh, a micromanager to one individual and expect the same result to happen to another Okay. A lot of businesses fail, right? The statistic, what, eight to 10 out of businesses fail within the first five years, right? Finances, not knowing their homework, not in their market, but also has to do with leadership. If you treat your employees like shit, they're not going to work for you. And you can apply that to military. You can apply that to, you know, businesses. You can apply that to everyday people, you know, as you can see, like, you know, if I was a complete dick, right? Like me and Brian Lab, we know each other since football, right? If I was, if I was a complete dick to him, like I'm like, fuck you, dude, you, you suck, whatever, dude. We wouldn't be here right now, right? I believe in karma. I believe, you know, if you're nice to people, dude, hopefully people are nice to you back. If not, fuck them. So, you know, it, it, when I learned in the military, man, is and I'm still learning today, dudes. You know, I, I aspire to to make a difference, and I aspire to be a good leader, right? And you can apply that to business. Um, that's why Jocko Willick is so very successful with Echelon Front, is because he teaches this to to CEO companies and small or wide, right? Like, look at Publix, right? Everyone loves Publix, right? Publix takes takes care of takes care of its people, right? I used to work for them, so I know. Publix is is a great environment to work for, man. The founder believed in customer service. If you treat your employees right, the customers will be happy too. If you have happy employees, then you have happy customers. Um, you know, Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, he believed in the same philosophy too. But of course, he died, and obviously things changed now. But if you have, if you don't have anybody that's that's not willing to, you know, take up for you, willing to die with you. You know, say, hey, you know what? This is a guy is a great guy. I think you should invest in this company. Then, then no one's going to care. So I don't know if you ever guys watched the show called The Profit uh, by Marcus Lemonis. Say yes if you have. If not, no worries. Anyone? Maybe not. Uh, the movie called The Profit? No, the show called The Profit. Oh, no, I haven't. I haven't. So there's a guy named Marcus Lemonis. He owns a company called Camping World. So he actually uh, owns Sweet Pete's down in downtown, if you ever heard of that company. Um, so basically, he believes in three things. People, process, and profit, right? If you take care of the people, take care of the employees, you're going to have substantial profits. It makes sense. But a lot of businesses fail to do that. A lot of businesses fail to understand, you know, the employees that they're working for, you know, or they work for them, or they understand, you know, where these employees are coming from. And they also uh, fail to establish teamwork, right? Teamwork makes the dream work, right? In business, so in the in the in the 
in the business, in the triangulation of business on the rich dad, you have leadership, teamwork, and the mission, right? Mm-hmm. One can't survive without the other. You got to have a mission. You got to lead the troops where to go. You got to have good leadership, right? In case the ship goes to the left, but it should be going straight. And then you got to understand you got to have teamwork, right? Everything has to be working together. If you don't have, if one guy is not with the program and then the other three people are, you're never going to make it. So that's what I believe in, dude. That's what I think, you know, leadership and teamwork is, you know, and, and really how to take care of them, right? You know, understand where they come from, right? If somebody has a problem with somebody else, let's talk, right? What's the issue? How can we resolve it? What can we do to make things better, right? Make smart decisions as well, right? Make, make decisions that are going to put the interest of the employees in front of yours, right? We call this fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility, which is a very loose term used these days, but it's a sense of fiduciary responsibility, right? I want what's best for my employees, right? Because without them, I wouldn't be in business. And a lot of, a lot of companies, as you can see, fail to do this, right? Oh, if we if we cut, oh, here's a perfect example, Jeff Bezos. What did he, what did he do this past week? I'm not going to lie, bro. You got to fill me in. Damn. So, you know, Jake Bozos owns Whole Foods, right? Yes. Homeboy cut health benefits for like 1,900 workers. The richest man on earth, billions of dollars, owns a trillion dollar cap company, cut $1,900, I'm sorry, 1,900 employees' health benefits because it would have equated to 17 million, right? Does that make sense? Like, you know, you make $130 billion, you know, net worth, but you want to cut, you know, 19, you know, benefits of, of, of employees that work for you, right? That sell your products that, you know, do this, this, and that for you to make your business profitable. And you do that. That's just bad leadership. Not yeah. saying Jeff Bezos, right. Not saying Jeff Bezos is, you know, I, I, I respect the man because he built something out of nothing, but you know, that's just like, that's just not how I do business. Yeah. You're looking at, so you got, you, that's yeah. looking at numbers instead of people. Right. Exactly. Like, and that's what happened during, you know, the economic crisis in Nelward, right? Millions of jobs were shipped just to make, you know, 30 cents more on the bottom line, right? Is it, is it really worth it to, you know, cut millions of jobs from people only to make 30 cents more, only to lower the cost of your product by 10 or 20 cents, right? It's not, right? I'd rather create premium products made in-house because I know I stand behind the quality and value, right? So, yeah. Any thoughts? I mean, just just to kind of pick your brain, uh, Romello, this is kind of like um, a little bit different take. But we, we talk about leadership and teamwork. How how can we take that approach or not? We but like how can someone take that approach to, say, a community, say if they want to uh, bring economics back to a a urban, low income, crime riddled community? How, 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 how does one become a leader of that and then also begin to create this teamwork where you, you, you revolutionize that community and it starts to, again, uh, not only create money, but it creates money with inside the community so things can get better, obviously. Right. And I'm actually glad you asked that question because this is the vision I always had and will continue to have, uh, for the city of Jacksonville um, was born and raised um, and then every other city. So uh, w- back then, you know, I had the vision of, uh, and this is actually, this is the straightforward answer here. So my goal was to find every 
we'll just we'll we'll just use it. Black owned business, right? Minority owned business, but because we're brothers out here. So I, I, I wanted to find every black business in the city of Jacksonville that was up and running and you know, that either, you know, it didn't matter the the parameters, but I just need to find something else up and running. Right? Whether you're at brick and mortar or you're just a, a solo guy, you know, and you're coming up as a startup. I wanted to to have a community centered around that, right? That's okay. Find me every black business that we have, and then we can go from there. The next step would have been to partner with the local initiative communities, right? So, like you know, the, the local communities that 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 help businesses, right? The SBDC or um, I forget the name right now, but uh, there, there's one uh, organization. Um, I'm trying to think right now, but I can't think of it right now. But anyways. There's one organization that that helps to specifically helps black black communities, right? Black businesses, right? I wanted to partner with their leaders to say, okay, what can we do in order to have sustainment amount of cash flow coming in for these black businesses so we can start shopping here and start consuming products and goods within our own community, right? That's what I wanted to do. So that that's 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 my vision of doing that. And then the next step would be, okay, so we have a directory per se. Of all these black businesses, we're teamed with local uh, local leaders, including you know the city of Jacksonville and everything. The next step would be okay. How can we improve these businesses? So now I start bringing in minority investors to say, hey man, we got something brewing here in Jacksonville. You may want to come down, and take a look, and you want to maybe maybe you want to start investing. Who knows? So we are all connected into this, and I start bringing people from Atlanta. I start bringing people from because you know that's where the majority of the, of the black wealth is. I started you know bringing them, New York, you know, Atlanta, ta- uh, Texas, you know, wherever. And we slowly build the community, right? So it, it would be a, essentially, again, Black Wall Street. Hey, um, this is business that's starting up. They deal with fashion. Why don't you take a look? All right, cool. Take a look. They have a good product. I invested in them. Boom. Hey, he needs employees. Hey, I need people to hire for my business. We're expanding too much. Okay, I have far more people. Of course, minority. Boom, done. I just hire far more people. And that's how that generational community and generational wealth happens. But it starts with the leadership, like as you mentioned. It starts with people like you, uh, us and, and the local leaders and, and everything who actually want to come together and make things happen. Because I'm just one person. I can't make you know other people happen if I don't have the backing to support that. So that was my vision for me, for that to happen. Um, you know, it, it's an ongoing process, but you know, I'm a very patient man. <clears throat> Yeah, shit. Oh, that was good. That's um, definitely. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? No, nah, no, nah, you got it. Oh, I mean, that's definitely encouraging to hear because that that's also uh, that's also like a working dream inside of me that that will surely become a reality. Um, I just got to figure out how I'm gonna put my footprint on it in in my special way. But I I do feel, and this is a little off topic, but I do feel like this generation of young. Um, black men and women like this this is like a very pivotal moment in our history and, and i think this is this is where like a a, a paradigm happens like we, we do figure out that code and then we start getting our communities back up and running because i mean if we keep spending our money and the majority i'm just going to say the majority but if we keep spending our money in the majority's economy um and keep uh building their businesses up and 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 you know creating business within there and in their like region we're never going to see um we're never going to see any like financial success in our own communities and i think it has to start there yeah and the thing is is that 
and and this is the problem that I, that I ran to I have run into over the past you know three and a half years is is finding the people who are willing to put the work in right and stop using excuses right you know Kevin Hart probably made probably one of the best five minute speeches on the Joe Rogan podcast when he's on there you know because he's doing the same thing up in Philly where he's from you know he's from the projects in Philly but he said it. he's like you know you know saying like you know like he's doing a partnership with chase financial and then you know trying to get you know black people and black businesses to to, to invest into this and he was like nah man i'm good he was just you know imitating he was like nah i'm gonna you know, i want to go to a cash checking place man i don't want to go to put my money into a bank i just want to go to cash checking place all oh, that oh, i don't want to do that man that, that's that's too hard or oh i don't want to do that oh he's selling another black guy selling that nah man i'm good bro it's like why are we hanging on a, how can we solve a problem in a, a systemic uh, issue that has been going on for 400 plus years if we can't come together put aside our differences which I don't even know why we have differences put aside our differences and, and focus on the important issue is creating economic wealth because what you said is restoring our communities the thing is we've always had it it, it was it was never this is not something new we've we've had it for you know 34 years until it was all burned down I mean we were self-sufficient because of it and then all of a sudden, you know, now if I say, hey, man, look into this, they're not going to do it. They rather spend their money, like you said, the majority. And then that's that. But then on the back end, they'll go and complain. They'll do this, this is that. And I'm like, well, you're not helping the next brother <laughs> down the street, man. So I can expect anything to happen. So that's the reason. This is what I do what I do. Right. This is why I, I, I go into the 5000 room model. This is why I teach financial literacy. Right. Because I'm trying to plant the seeds into these young minds. And I actually I, I am successful in it because I actually have guys say, OK, I get it now. And I was like, OK, what do you want to do? He said, I want to be a judge. I want to be a lawyer. OK, great, man. Put your mind to it, dude. And I always tell him, dude, no matter what, dude, do not listen to the haters, bro. Just keep on the path. Keep straight forward, dude. Go into the dungeon. Go into the cave. Whatever you need to do. Go ghost if you have to, dude, and then achieve your goals, dude. But make sure you always get back because that's what's very important. If you don't get back, dude, you can't solve a problem. Yeah, I have uh, two things to add to that. Uh, should I say, uh, well, I guess the first thing is, you know, the, the some of the best things in life and some of the worst things in life will happen um due to the the actions of another person right so um for example um you find twenty dollars on the floor right you know it's god but it's also just because of the fact that like somebody dropped twenty dollars you know what i'm saying and so it's like everything is kind of connected and so it's like the reason why it's important to get back is because regardless of how successful you are you know somebody helps you along the way you know what I mean? Whether it was just um, on purpose, coincidentally, but, you know, it happened, you know, just as a uh, a consequence of life. You know what I mean? Just going on your path. And um, so that's that one point. And then secondly, um, you know, as far as the community goes, it's hard. The reason why it appears so hard is because there is a... Um, our people have a poor uh, self-image of themselves. And when you have a poor self-image of yourself, it, money and all these things are um, tools that uh, involve a lot of emotion. And so if you have a poor uh, self-image of yourself, 
when you do have money, you will want to um, kind of splurge or fill a void in yourself, whether it has to be with trying to buy designer, all these, you know, shiny objects, stuff like that to try to make yourself feel better, you know, make yourself feel better about yourself, whether it's unconscious or conscious. And so um, with that, you know, it definitely gets hard. It gets harder as well if somebody has a poor self-image um, of themselves and their people. So it's like, uh, well, if somebody has a poor self-image but high confidence. So it's like if uh, if I'm black, <laughs> if I'm black, head ass. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm, you know, if someone's black and they already know that, you know, as far as the totem pole goes, and they already know they're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole uh, or hierarchy, but yet they have a high confidence in themselves. It's kind of like, you know, the people that, you know, will bring it back to sports. If you're on a sorry team, but you feel like you're the best player, you'll be like, well, how y'all lost? Meanwhile, you was on the field too and took part in that loss. And that's how a lot of, you'll see a lot of teams you know, that are bad, they really just are self-defeating when they actually could be good if there was some type of, you know, new culture around that team or direction. Uh, that was that was a great perspective. And um, and and again, I, these are things that we don't talk talk about, but I think it's a great thing that we um or at least teaming up on this platform and Romello, we're getting your message out. Um, uh, and again, at the end of this podcast, please have all the listeners follow you on your pages and, and any message that you want to get out. But I, I think that at the end of the day, um, we have to realize that life isn't all about you. I think, I think that's the, I think that's the important thing of doing psychedelics too, because that it, it could teach you that as well. But your life purpose, whatever it may be, um, it should have a I, I guess it should have a guide of of um, or like maybe like a map of where like. How it could influence and affect people in a way um, and for the for the whole community aspect on it, um, I think it's a beautiful thing what you're doing. Um, what you're trying to do. I know you'll get it done just by um, the few conversations we had. Uh, I, I know that you have a, a, a purpose just by your voice flexion and, uh, and you're very influential. So um, I know you'll get that done for sure. Appreciate it, man. Much love, man. <laughs> Yeah, it got all sentimental real quick. What's going on? Looking ass. It's really a breakthrough moment. All right. <laughs> we good? <laughs> yeah, man, we're good. Okay. Right. <laughs> but yeah, man, that, that's that's kind of what I've been thinking though. Um, long term, like what what is what is my life purpose? What's my journey? Not only that, but how's that going to affect, um people outside of my life and i've been really really looking into um quote unquote all these urban communities uh across country I, that's why nipsey hustle and his death was so powerful because 
the initiative that he took and 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 what he was doing in his community. He was he was creating he was unifying uh, minorities, people of color to to realize that, look, we are in we are in um, we're, we're not in the best of situations. But if we come together, if we put all our resources together, we could build something from this, you know. And I, and I feel like I feel like that that's where I'm headed. So uh, surrounding myself with people like Romello so he can so when he speaks, he can kind of just confirm that idea in my head so I can continue to go out and research and research and, and build what I want to do, build my imprint. I think that's I think that's pretty like refreshing. That's just I'm just thinking out loud on this podcast. So <laughs> feel free to chime well, yeah, in. For sure, man. And, you know, with, with the with the fifth uh asset class that's that's that is created and, and is soon to be the new the new class in which you know we're going to talk on the third third ser- part of the series and the final part of the series um you know i would love to see people in on this because it's going to happen man. like it's the inevitable when the, the signs show you know all, all signs show of what's going to happen in the next you know how many years man so you know, getting people on this, of course, you know, having them do their homework, right? Because, uh, you know, I like people put the work in. I don't like freeloaders. Um, and then understanding, the, understanding that business, understanding that industry, and then, you know, being part of the wealth that is that is inevitably going to happen. Because um, there's guys like us out there right now. I see on Instagram. Lapsy is on Instagram. You saw on Instagram. Um, or anywhere else, and it's just really bringing those people together. Which you know, Dunlap told me about that idea that he had, which I, I, I 100% for it. You know, what I, whatever I need to do to make it happen, man, I'll make it happen. But yeah, man. Nah, for sure, it's definitely in the works. Uh, nah, my idea. I feel like I, it's really low key right now. I'm probably not even gonna disclose it, but no, nah, um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I feel like it'll definitely be. Um, Raw. Uh, I feel like it'll definitely. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like what what the industry uh, trading is missing, and as well as just like just bringing it back down to earth. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited. I, like every time I, the people that I've explained it to, like that shit sounded raw, or I fired them, fired them up about it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and just to put a statement on it, I mean, from a example point of view, if you have men like young men like myself, like Brian and Romello uh, coming back to uh, these communities where, you know, education, the, the education that is needed to be brought into that community is not there um the 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 role models like male images, they're not there. Once you have young men like us coming back to these communities and introducing ideas, for for example, if it's me and 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 I want to uh, teach community self-defense, put the guns down, um, and and teach them actual combat. What that would bring is not only will it teach them how self-defense, but it'll bring them discipline. It'll, it'll it'll teach them the definition of hard work, and that's also a business within that community that's going to grow and that's going to involve the youth of that community. Uh, Romello um, and his initiative uh, and what he would want to do. I mean, just the financial information that he has inside of himself is just it's it's powerful. I, it would 
I'm 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 confident enough to say that it would change um the community in our lifetime and make it a profitable community. So like a, a downgraded community it, before he 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 talked to him, it would make it into a profitable community, a lucrative community. If he um once he would like uh, explain like his financial uh, literacy and Brian himself, he brings his ideas out. It'll, it'll be something beautiful. So. And then a uh, quick little uh, ice hat, I guess what you would call an epiphany as well. Yes. Mm. So, I mean, also, while, you know, while we're, we're speaking of, you know, community as kind of like the old physical community, right? As right. what, you know, previously. Okay. But when you think about it in the future, man, you know, community, since we're kind of going more into this digital age, you know, crazy things that, you know, a community may be, you know, your timeline, the people that you interact with on social networks, things like that. And, uh, you know, by the things that we do or say or, you know, our listeners do and say, they can definitely be a leader and influence people on their timeline. You know what I'm saying? For example, if, you know, for on my Instagram, if I have a lot of influential, you know, motivating people that influence me to go harder or things like that, like, and we're able to add that, you know what I'm saying? Like add a little of what we have and stuff like that to really get things going because, um, you know, you kind of see movements all the time kind of happen on Twitter. People be like, boycott this or, you know, things will blow up. People become famous off of, you know, uh, little videos and things like that. And so, you know, I definitely would um, encourage people to just, you know, start doing little things like that. You know, even the little things, you know, just putting, you know, stuff out there or encouraging things or, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of brick and mortar things, uh, you know, businesses and the way people get advertised to and stuff like that are going out of style just because, you know, billboards don't work anymore because everybody's looking down you know the passengers looking down at their phone the drivers damn near as well um you know commercials don't really work because when the commercial comes on people are looking at their phone stuff like that and so um you know i feel like there will be more uh opportunity to affect and change uh communities through um social media as well Anything, anything, Romello? No, nah, man, I, I agree 100%. Um, yeah. Breach. Yes, sir. <laughs> awesome. I, I, did we hit all the points we wanted to hit today? Do you have to, do you want to expand on anything else? Nah, um, nah, we, we, we touched a little, uh, everything, um, went to do more deeper conversations. So, um, yeah, man, I, I don't have anything else, man, but, I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty excited for uh, part three because this oh, is yeah. this is my, my, my child that uh taking care of right now, learning to grow and hopefully uh, Uncle Uncle Lap can uh <laughs> 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 oh, man. but no all serious man. Uh no, nah, I got nothing else to say, man. Appreciate you boys doing what you're doing, man. Uh always a pleasure to be on here and and having like minded people expand on relevant topics. So yeah. Sure, man. Do you have any plugs you want to plug yourself? Just follow. 
Uh, man, you know how it is. Follow me, man. Kalani Tales underscore CIA. Not a part of the government. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, dude. Uh, make sure you follow these boys, man. They always posting good content, man. Uh, I also want to say uh, definitely do some type of martial arts, which is a key, either keto, muay thai, jujitsu. Um, I'm actually going to get into jujitsu later on in life. Um, I got a little hit, a little check marks, but yeah, man, jujitsu teaches self-discipline, discipline equals freedom and, uh, make sure it gets after it. Yeah. Oh man, you're right on. I, I, I I'm going to stop myself before I go off the rails with jujitsu. Brian already knows I am <laughs> with that, but yeah, dude, I freak dude. If you have any questions, feel free to please ask me, dude. Cause that's like my life right now. And then vice versa, um, you're very articulate and you're very you're someone who has a lot of knowledge in the financial world. So I'll be reaching out to you to gain some uh, gems as well. Um, with that being said, this wraps up segment two. And uh, next weekend we'll be doing segment three. You appreciate y'all for listening. I know this was a uh, damn near hour 30. If you're still listening, <laughs> I, you know, I fuck with you heavy. Um, you know, follow your boy at uh, Brian underscore lap eight Brian with the Y. Thank you. And uh, that, uh, sheesh, I don't know, man. Twitter handle uh, at at the boy lap. All that. Um, have a blessed day, y'all. All right, signing out. Yeah.